If you are a busy dad and have ever wanted to start your own business, escape the corporate world, and build the life that you want to live, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. If you want more influence with your kids, connection with your wife, and purpose in your life, then you are in the right place. We share conversations with the world's greatest, as well as lessons from the Bible and my own personal experiences. I'm Brendan Wall, and I'm your host. I am married with four kids. I am not the guy with all the answers, but I am in search of them. I want to personally thank you for being here. It's an honor to have you. All right, fellas, welcome back to the show. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. So what we have today is a conversation between myself and my buddy, Craig Rizzoli. Craig is the founder of High Speed Daddy. Now, his story today will not just inspire you, but it will also guide you to get you started on your own journey to building the life of your dreams. From start to finish today, Craig dropped nonstop practical wisdom that you'll be able to implement immediately. And make sure to stick around till the very end, and I promise Craig's front porch test will put life into perspective and provide that kick in the pants that you need to get you moving. Now, if you enjoy the conversation today, hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss out on new episodes that we are dropping each week. We have some killer episodes coming up around the corner with a few guys like 15-time best-selling author and world-renowned leadership coach John Gordon, ESPN college basketball analyst Jay Billis, NFL veterans Cliff Averill and Lee Smith, and many more. But hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out. All right. Now, here's my conversation with the Craig Rizzoli. All right, fellas, we are back again today. We are here with the founder of High Speed Daddy, the one and only Craig Rizzoli. Welcome to the Dad the Man podcast. What's up, man? How are you? I'm stoked to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm really excited to have you on. Um, my favorite place to start these conversations is to kind of just take it back. Um, and I like to go back to childhood and get to get a bit of a picture of, of who you are where you came from. But before we go there, I'd love to hear maybe your own introduction of yourself. Like for anybody that doesn't know you now, like, you know, you meet somebody at a, at a cocktail party or a little league sporting event or whatever, and you have a quick conversation. How do you, how do you introduce yourself? Uh, how you doing? I'm Craig Rizzoli. I'm a stay at home dad. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Nice, nice, simple to the point, right? Yes. Like my little elevator pitch and people are like, okay. And then they start thinking of like the preconceived notions of what a stay-at-home dad is and like can he not get a job yeah. what is he doing did he quit what's going on is his wife really successful is she really hot you know <laughs> it goes so many places i'm like yes i love it yes let it keep going what do you get the most like what reaction do you get the most you know people are like that's really cool and you know if it, if i'm talking to dads it's yeah man i'd love to do that right mm-hmm. and i'm like Beware what you wish for, right? You know, that's one of those <laughs> yeah. things. I've got yes. three kids, nine, seven, and four. And I'm like, Phew, it's a lot. It's a handful. Um, and if I'm talking to moms, they're like, oh, that's really neat. You know, and like for so many years, I was the dad picking the kids up from nursery school or preschool with all the moms, right? Mm-hmm. There might be a dad that shows up every now and then, but I was like the consistent one every day. Yep. You know, it's ever since I, I left corporate, the military and and started my own business. Now we're going on six, six and a half years, something like that. Right. So, you know, it's I always wondered, what are they thinking? You know, 
one of those things where I'm doing all this stuff in the background and hustling and bootstrapping and building the brand, you know, in my work time blocks of first thing in the morning before everyone's awake. And then, you know, like I can get kids out the door to like a nursery school for two hours. I'm like, cool, two hours to get stuff done here, pick them up, might help have some help from grandma in the afternoon. Got another work block there, dad stuff, dad stuff, dad stuff, family stuff, you know, husband stuff, all that together. And then it's like, kids go to sleep. I'm like, all right, cup of coffee and let's work till the eyes can't stay open, you yeah. know? And, and that was like several years, you know? And, yeah. and the funny thing is, it's like, I'm still kind of doing that in a way. And I've gone through the, the roller coaster of not having to do that and being able to pay other people so that I could buy my time back. And I didn't really like that as much, you know, I mm-hmm. kind of liked, you know, that's a lot of people saying, I'm sure you've heard on the podcast before, like, you got to love the process. You got to love the grind and, and this and that. And like, I got away from it for a while. And then I realized like how much I kind of do like the grind and yeah. the process. And I wanted to get back to it. So a little tangential there, but you know, there, there's a little, little insight to, to kind of who I am. Yeah. So you, you mentioned, you, you know, you've had some, like your professional history, you you have led to this very intentional, um, I guess, outcome in running a business now that, you know, you, like you said, you you love the process, you know, you know what you love doing, you've been able to have your time blocks, you've kind of been able to, I think, do what a lot of us would really love to do. Like you said, you you get that all the time. And I'm sitting here thinking like, man, if I could run a business and be a great dad and father, you know, and not have to do the whole, the corporate thing that, you know, I'm not going to, downplay that or not mm-hmm. say that it can't play a great role. I currently have a cor- corporate job. I'm on lunch break right now. And, awesome. uh, but, but I also know that a lot of people are probably longing to work towards a position that you're in. Like, I love that you've been able to be so intentional with it. Like, can you, maybe, maybe this is where we go back to your childhood. Like, where does this intentionality come from? Is this something you've always wanted to do? Did you see this well, modeled for you? I, it wasn't as much modeled for me. Um, my parents were both, uh, no college corporate um, and, and try to be like dedicated. Like my, my mother worked for at t for 30 years and retired, right? Pension whole nine years. My, my father was a, a manager of human resources for a food distribution warehouse. Um, you know, so it's like they, they just worked their tails off of, as, you know, like middle income, higher middle income, you know, mm-hmm. uh, corporate people and show that like, Hey, if you climb the ranks, you know, we can have, some luxuries that people don't and things like that. Right. For having no college education, they did freaking phenomenal. Um, you know, but I always kind of had little like entrepreneurial things pop up in me and like the grit was kind of instilled kind of through example, but you know, through stories. So if I, if I take it back even further, um, my grandfather was a world war two POW. Uh, I grew up Sunday mornings around him and other POWs having coffee and talking stories at the kitchen table. And man, I wish I was older and went back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather passed away when I was just entering high school and I didn't have the maturity to ask the right questions at that time. Yeah. But I did absorb a lot, right? One of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he was also a product of the depression, you know, going back into the 20s, 30s, things like that. Um, you know, in, in his younger years. So it's one of those things where, you know, we had a, at his house, he started a farm stand, you know, on like an acre of property and having a big garden and stuff like that. And then then selling fruits and vegetables and plants um, at at the side of the road. So he brought us into that as at an early age. And actually 
formalized a, a company around these. I'm going to develop, you know, a, a company and your brother, you and, you know, your sister will be part of it. Uh, and we're going to run meetings to Robertson's rules. And I first this, I second that, you know, and he'll be the chairman. And I was the president. My brother was treasurer. My sister was secretary. We did all this stuff. And I kind of like got a little introduction to entrepreneurship, small business ownership at a very young age. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just like very tips of things. Yeah. But I also always had this inkling to like want to figure out ways to make money. I don't know where that really came from. I'm still trying to process that. And I always shoveled snow at my buddies. I always cut the lawns. You know, I was always hustling, you know, mm -hmm. to try to make an extra buck so that I can go to the 7-Eleven and get a slushie, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, on the bicycle or whatever. So like that stuff always happened. And I guess that kind of fueled working for myself and kind of entrepreneurship at a very, very small scale. Um, and I'm still learning that what that is even six years later, you know, what it means to be a business owner and entrepreneurship and, you know, financials that go along with it and taxes and all that fun stuff. Right. But I think that's what kind of fueled things a little bit. If I were to kind of pinpoint it back to my grandfather and what he did for us. And the other thing behind that for him, I think associating that with the military trials and tribulations that he went through and the depression and whatnot was if you can grow your own food, you'll never go hungry. Right. He was one of those guys like he's in, you know, if we get a little, if we pinpoint some stuff and, and get a little into the weeds, um, you know, he's in, he's in cells, you know, during PO, as a POW in World War II, you know, it's springtime comes around, dandelions start growing up. Well, dandelion leaves are very, very high in good vitamins, potassium and, you know, uh, vitamin K, it's things along those lines that mm -hmm. he starts eating the leaves off these dandelions. And guys are looking at him like, oh, he's finally gone crazy. And he's like, no, these things are actually really good for you. I grew up eating this stuff, you know? So these yeah. are actually really healthy for you. And I'm sure he saved lives doing that. But it kind of translates to you can grow your own stuff. You'll never, you'll never go hungry. You'll never starve, you know? So I've got some grit, I think, that was kind of instilled with me with stories like that. That's, you know, like continuation, just keep going on. You'll figure it out, pivot. You know, there's always another way, things along those lines. So was High Speed Daddy the the first business you started, or was this? At, did you have any ups and downs before that? <laughs> uh, it's the first official business I started on paper. Let's say that, right? Okay. Like I, you know, like I said, I had the uh, the lawn, you know, service as a as a teenager, or you know, uh, plowing snow and things like that. And then mm -hmm. I was probably already into, <clears throat> excuse me, my co my corporate career when I started a business doing odd jobs, mm -hmm. you know, handyman stuff and whatnot. And I did that for, for a couple of years, but you know, the high speed daddy was definitely the first one, like on paper, you know, registered tax ID, have mm -hmm. to pay taxes on all that fun stuff. So can you tell us the, tell us the origin story? How, how did, how did we get oh, here? I'll try to get you the cliff notes to it. Okay. So at the time, um, I'm working a corporate career as a uh, senior manager of engineering for a billion dollar corporate bath and kitchen company called American Standard. Very famous company. A lot of people know it. Mm -hmm. um, pretty high, higher up position in the engineering uh, for that department. Um, doing okay. Uh, got a three and a one year old at the time. Um, and in the military and uh, Army National Guard for New Jersey at the time as well. So a lot of things going on, right? Um, trying to figure out fatherhood, new dad ish, traveling for work a lot, um, stressors of that in the military part time, 
definitely the stressors uh, of that looming deployments, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, trainings, being away from home for that, being away from home for the corporate stuff, you know, marriage, you know, it, it all kind of came to a tilt of I've overextended myself. Something mm-hmm. needs to give here. I don't like who I am and and who I've turned into. I was very successful in the military at that time. Um, I had climbed the ranks in the corporate company. I, I was with them uh, for 12 years um, to where I was. Um, I had taken a position probably a year before that maybe I shouldn't have for a multitude of reasons, everything from, honestly, I applied for another position in the company and they're like, we think you might be better here. And they dangled money in front of me. So as you know, in a corporate life, that's one of those things you're like, cool, I can, yeah, let's do it. You say you know, yes and go. Yeah, You just say yes and go. And I, it wasn't well supported. I probably honestly wasn't necessarily ready for it. Uh, there was multitude of things going on. So after some time and, and things just like not feeling right, um, went back to HR and I was like, I don't think this is a good fit uh, for me, for the company and stuff like that. And they viewed that very negatively, unfortunately. Um, and again, I was traveling for military service and whatnot. And it, it all came down to uh, Craig's not for performing anymore. Stellar performance to get me to that position. But as soon as in that position and I ask for help, they, they view it as a performance issue. So uh, long story short, they throw me on a uh, PIP, uh, personal improvement plan, mm-hmm. you know, which was a huge hit to the ego, to the soul, to all that stuff. Um, you know, and, you know, at, at that time I was like, something has to give. And I think I'm being directed to like, not be here anymore Yeah. Uh, in that company. So I had always, uh, as, as I said, you know, had something else going on, on the side, I, you know, I sold stuff in eBay stores and I, you know, sold stuff online and whatnot. And, you know, I started searching really hard for what can I do besides this, you know, that would be more tailored to what I, what I want, you know, so, some flexibility, some freedom, you know, make a little money on the side as well. And I forget if I came across a video or something, but it was basically how to sell on Amazon. Amazon mm-hmm. was just coming up at that time. You're talking around 2015 ish, mm-hmm. 2016. And, uh, I mean, they were around for longer, but it was just starting to get popular of like how to sell on Amazon. Yep. So, I went really hard in that. Um, didn't buy any courses, didn't join any groups, just hardcore into blog posts, podcasts, and decided like, hey, man, I think I can do this. Um, I know how to develop a product because my background was new product development. I have a mechanical engineering degree. Um, you know, I, I, I've traveled the world, different, you know, suppliers and this and that. So I was like, I think I got that portion covered. It's just the whole marketing, advertising, branding. And I was like, Amazon's going to help me with that portion. And uh, I, kind of threw things together. And then I uh, decided that, you know, all I need is a product. What is the idea? So again, in that community, I found a, a blog post on how to uh, come up with a product idea. And it was um, basically, there was something called a touch list. Everything you touched from the first time you woke up in the morning to the last thing you touched when you went to bed, toothbrush, bed, pillow, sheets, this, that. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of items you list on a sheet. And basically you start chunking that down to things, you know, all sorts of criteria, what you're interested in, what you think you can sell, what you're passionate about, um, what you can develop and make better, what you can combine this, that, and you start chunking that down. And I came across two things that I was very interested in and thought that I could possibly make better. Uh, one was a military assault pack that I had from the army that I was utilizing as a diaper bag because it was more my style. And yeah. I didn't want to carry my wife's flowery pink diaper bag. And that's fine <laughs> for some people. Just wasn't my wasn't my taste. 
you know, so I converted an old army backpack into a diaper bag. Um, that was one. And then, uh, Two was just, you know, the idea of being a father and passionate about fatherhood. So I, I essentially combined military, the military and fatherhood together and created something, you know, in it and developed the idea of putting together a military inspired and themed diaper bag. So off the research, right? Go in there, Amazon and exterior and find out there's people already doing it. Well, I was so naive and novice at the time. I was like, oh, it's not brand new to market. I can't do this, right? Someone else is already doing it. And I was like, threw that off to the side and for several weeks, tried to chase something else and just came back to, no, gut feeling says something's here. So I went deeper. Who are those brands that are currently doing it? Mm -hmm. You know, how's their products? Check their positive reviews, negative reviews, all this stuff. And I came to terms that I thought I had a better story. I'm pretty sure I could develop a better product and, you know, I'm going to give it a chance and go forward with it. So mm -hmm. I started going hard into the product development process of developing a military themed diaper bag um and came up with the first high speed daddy product which was you know our our uh our backpack our military diaper bag yeah so it was called something else at the time that you know I'm kind of skirting around here due to the fun aspects of business and cease and desist <laughs> letters um you know that about a year in I was not allowed to call that product that name anymore uh because someone else um during that time that I was already started selling the product that they had a uh, trademark that term and I can't call it that anymore. So it was just a high speed daddy uh, diaper bag backpack. That's what we turned it into. I won't talk about the other things. That's the fun part of business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. S sounds like a blast. Uh, yeah. yeah. Opening, opening that letter, um, walking out to the mailbox, walking in with that one. I'm sure that's, exactly. that's, that's a blast. Like, it's all coming down. It's all going to go away. <laughs> yeah. How old were you when you had this pivot when you said, okay, like uh, about 30, 34 ish somewhere okay. in there um ma married like i said three to one year old mm -hmm. uh and something that i did and it, it's a little bit of a regret um but i think it also motivated me at the same time is i kind of let ego play a little bit during that pip process with the corporate company mm -hmm. and I was already kind of in process with high speed daddy uh, a couple months before at that time. Yep. And, you know, I just couldn't take it anymore. It was one of those things where I got a flavor of like, I have something I can chase here and I think it's going to be worth it. And I have this other thing holding me back mentally, emotionally, in a way, physically, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it got to a point and it kept getting worse. And I think through that PIP, it just, kind of ego angered me some um what i did was i i fulfilled the obligations of the pip and i talked to my bosses and hr and you know signed off and they gave you the this was your one morning you know if you know we need we need you to do your work accordingly and this and that and blah 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 um and as soon as that was fulfilled i gave a two-week notice now if i was smart because i was at that company for so long um i probably should have let them just lay me off <laughs> I, I would have had a severance package I would have had unemployment benefits and all that stuff that could have helped drive to beginnings of high speed daddy. Mm -hmm. Instead, um, instead I took the FU approach and dished it back to them, which inevitably disbanded the group that I was part of. Um, they ended up doing that, that in, it did some internal combustion and, and, and things kind of dissipated. And I hope that they rebuilt better after that. Um, but I kind of like martyred myself there a little bit. Um, yeah. 
you know, it, it was one of those things. However, I think it gave me the motivation. Like I have to make this work now. Like, yeah. you know, Tony Robbins talks about Cortez and burning the ships. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a, like, that's what I did. You know, yeah. like I am doing this. I have to make it work. I don't have a choice. That's my motivation. I think that's what I needed to have that driving force forward. And, um, how long coming... did it take to, to get it rolling? So I had the idea for the business in August of 16. I think I developed everything over the next several months, prototype, 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 placed order. And the first shipment of products arrived in February of 17. I was out of corporate the end of October of 16. So it was about four months in between there. Yeah. Um, How scary was that? I guess like I'm thinking from a financial standpoint. So it, it wasn't impulsive. And, I, and I've and i said this before, you know, to other people like have a plan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that things were kind of getting bad. Um, I, I was putting money away. My wife and I lived very humbly. Uh, you know, we, we had put money away for rainy days. We had covered our bases on a lot of stuff, um, things along those lines. And when I, you know, had the discussion with her, like, this is what I'm doing. Um, and I'm, I'm leaving corporate, uh, things are going to get tight for a period of time. And I don't know how long that's going to be. Um, we're, we're going to give this a shot. Our, you know, we'll cut back on some things, but our status, you know, and how we live, the kids will not know a difference. We're going to go on vacation. We're going to go on vacation, things along those Mm -hmm. lines. Um, but what I did do is with the previous experience. And I said, like I did handyman jobs in the past and stuff. I worked every damn cash job that I could find. You know, I put myself out there, help friends, family, you know, I was snow plowing commercially for a buddy all winter, you know, working all hours of the night, still being a stay at home dad, driving kids around mm-hmm. and, and all that stuff. You know, it was, it was an interesting experience. And the more interesting part of when you talk about the financial aspect of being like the father and providing and things like that was that, and I'll jump forward a little bit. High Speed Daddy launched very successfully. had a had a great support network behind me. It launched successfully, and it scaled very fast in the first couple of years. It scaled so fast that I didn't know how to take money off the table because I needed to reinvest in it back into the business, mm-hmm. like to get the next order to before we sold out again, and then like keep that ball rolling. And revenue wise, we grew very fast doing that. But I didn't know how to take money off the table. Um, occasionally, be like you know a thousand dollars here or something like that. Like nowhere close to the six you know nice six figure income that I had as a as an engineer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what I was doing is still working part time in the military. I took additional responsibilities in that. I did a couple full time st- uh, you know uh, jobs in the military there for a period of time. Like I said, the cash jobs. Like I was able to break even and take minimal money out of savings during that time. Uh, yeah. which was, which was great. And, yeah. you know, things went to plan there and I was happy in my, you know, it, it was great for the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, besides the fact that I was now like the stay at home dad, my wife's a full-time teacher. Like she still worked accordingly, you know, and I was running kids around left and right and doing this and working the work blocks that, you know, I mentioned earlier on. Um, But it, it was 16 months until I took a first paycheck essentially. And that was because I, I essentially had to CPA came up and was like, we need to change your business entity. So you don't owe as much in taxes. Right. And yep. you know, all about this stuff. So I changed yep. from a sole proprietor to an S corp took that minuscule, you know, um, minuscule, the reasonable salary, reasonable salary. Yep. And also read the book profit first. Oh yeah. Mike McCallowitz. Mike McCallowitz. So that all combined together started the like, Oh, now we can kind of start getting back on track. 
And that's yeah. what we did starting at that process. But it was 16 months or so from starting the business. So what I'm really interested in is the psychology of this this inflection point of, I don't love what I'm doing. And I'd imagine there was a tinge of like, you wanted more autonomy. You wanted more, um, what's the word? Can't think of the word. You wanted more autonomy in your life to spend more time with your kids, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. You wanted yeah. to be very intentional in that. Yes. So that, let's put that on one side. The other side to that is, okay, I'm, the answer is let's go start a business, which then has the, the potential to eat all of your time and probably double your time too. So like, and I, this is something that I'll, I'll admit, just like hand up, this has held me back in a lot of ways. And this is something that I think about a lot, like in my current life, how do you marry the two together? How do you, like, before we hopped on, you talked about having these time blocks and everything. Like, how do you, how do you do that? Like, how, how do you make the jump and then like, not let the, like the goal is to get more time with your kids. How do you not let starting the business then eat all of the time you would have had with your kids, I guess is the so real question. A, a lot of, a lot of priority setting, right? Um, mm -hmm. A lot of containers and by containers, like knowing what your priorities are and not, you know, and non-negotiables and, and infringing upon them. And yes, there's always some overlap, you know, mm -hmm. nothing's perfect. Um, it did help that I created a business around my kids you know, yeah. high speed daddy. It's a fatherhood kind of brand and helping mm -hmm. men provide, protect and connect, you know, and selling gear for parents on the go, right? Like my, my kids are in the business, you know, with me and stuff like that. Yeah. So that, that helped. Yeah. I'm not saying that it was everything, but it did help, you know? So if they see me like on my phone doing a recording or something like that, like they're in it with me and it's part of the, part of the branding. Um, but you know, for, for years I had, always filled the brain bank of information and blog posts. And I always had it, had the interest, like I said, in, in entrepreneurship um, and kind of, you know, hustling on the side and doing stuff. So like the podcast, I'd always listen, you know, several podcasts and um, reading books and things like that. I'm not like a super avid, avid reader, but like, I don't do fiction books. I only do nonfiction. That's the only thing mm -hmm. that kind of interests me. And it, I, I don't do like history nonfiction. I, I'm a guy like, what can I learn from this book? Yep. So I have, you know, like my little library books and like I said, podcast, audiobooks. So um, I'm trying to remember the book's name and you're talking about time blocking. I believe it was the one thing, uh, I think Darren Hardy. Uh, mm -hmm. And I believe it was that book. It was either that or the compound effect. One of the two. But um, I read the book and it talked about time blocking and, you know, not having you know, to work, you know, in eight to five, because you really can't concentrate for that many hours at one time, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I had a mentor early on that was like, you know, he did a lot of searching into like, um, Taoist monks and whatnot, and like how they journal and, and write their, their scriptures and whatnot. And they only work for like 27 minutes at a time. Then they take a three minute break and then they're back into 27 minutes of journaling because that's how fast their, their, their brains can, uh, only function for that period of time before the concentration goes out the window. Mm -hmm. So, you know, early on, I'd, I'd work at, like, I'd have a timer set up and I was like, I mean, I'm going to lean into this, you know, woo woo stuff and just see where it goes yeah. you know, and, and things worked. And I was hustling and I, I bootstrapped and did everything myself for a long time. Uh, probably the first, at least two to three years, it was, it was me, you know, besides I, I started getting some, some things that I didn't have the experience that was holding me back, such as like something specific like Amazon advertising, PPC, yep, yep. buying, buying revenue or buying uh, ads and things like that. And keywords. Um, I got to the point where I, I started it myself, got to a certain point. I was like, I think this is holding me back now. 
then I just went on Fiverr and hired someone. You know, yeah. <laughs> took a chance in like that aspect. Yeah. You know, now now we have someone running our whole account and whatnot. But you know, it's it's like that stuff that I mean, doing creating a website, doing the whole business things. Like you just you just lean into it. You know, mm-hmm. and you know, you have this much amount of time. What do I have to do right now to get me to the next point? Mm-hmm. And that brings me to something called just in time learning. You might have heard of it. Some people might have spoke of it. What do I have to learn right now at this specific moment to get me to the next step? I don't have to learn how to be a CEO of a fifty million dollar company right now. No reason reading that book, right? Yeah. I need to know what I need to do to create a WordPress site because I need a blog because someone said I should have a blog. Because blogs are going to have keywords to generate and SEO research and this and that. And what the hell is SEO research? And I'm going to go search that. Yep. And what I kept doing is as long as I can move that ball forward, as small as it might be, I didn't set super huge deadlines on myself. It was more like, can I get to the next stage? And can I still do what I want kid-wise, family-wise today and be a good dad and show up accordingly? And then just move that needle in business a little bit, a little bit closer to where I wanted to go. And if mm-hmm. so, and if I did some, one thing that got me closer to that, that's a win for the day. And I'd go to bed that night happy. You know, I did as much as I can for that day. So my my father in law is a farmer. Weather plays a huge thing in his world, and his work is never done. Like you can just keep keep going. Like there is no stopping, right? Yep. And he goes as long as. I feel that I got done as much as I physically could that day with all the constraints of everything else and variables going on in the world. That is a good day. And I'm content and happy with that. And that's something I picked up from him, you know? So, I love you know, that. I, yeah, I had all these influences like, okay, if it's just that one small thing, if I got one email out to my email list of 42 people, when I first started, like, <laughs> Hey, I got that email out. I kept people engaged. That's a win. What do I got to do tomorrow? You know, yeah. night before, write that down, blah, 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 blah. So, man, I love that. Uh, it's to me, man, where, where I sit right now and where I'd love for my career to go. Like, I look at you as the success story of the guy who really has done what I would love to do. So to be able to kind of sit, just sit here and learn from you and, and hear you reflect on it, um, especially kind of dive into into the the logistical steps and the psychology of it, like it's this is a real treat for me. So I really appreciate that. And I know Absolutely, this is going to help a lot of people as well. Man, I know. I mean, how often do we hear people say like, I, I hate my job. I've got this idea, you know, like that's such a common thing that we hear people talk about. So, uh, man, I, I hope if people are listening that they are one taking notes, but two will, you know, follow you, reach out and um, continue to dive into your story because, man, you're 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 doing it. You you are you are paving the way for I know a lot of people, hopefully myself included, will be, you know, following behind you. Awesome, man. Thank you for saying that. You know, it's it's one of those things you don't you don't tend to look backwards at where you, where you've come from and what you've built. A lot of it's all like when you're, you're like us and you're like always just hard charging forward, you know, it's hard to kind of be present and then appreciate what you've done. And then when people say that to you, you know, like you, you really got to take that in gratitude wise. And I, and I do, and I, and I appreciate that. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about the, I guess like day in the life. Now you said your kids are kind of involved in the business. And, and this is another thing that like drives me like, the example I know you're able to set for your kids to have them, what whatever it is, maybe it's packing boxes or whatever, but they're getting to see what's possible. That to me is outstanding. Like, tell me a little bit about the day in the life with your your kids helping you out. So I, I used to, I I used to have this fear that the kids would not appreciate the the 
different situation that our household is where daddy is always home, right? Mm-hmm. It's very, I mean, COVID changed things, but prior to COVID, yeah. like I was doing this prior to COVID, you know, it was like normal dad, just like I used to. And, th- and my older two saw, you know, early on, like dad went to work. I worked an eight to five, you know, yeah. and then there was a lot of weekends, you know, and then other weeks throughout the year that I wasn't around for military service, you know, so there was that, that going on. Um, as I've gotten older, I realized that like, that's not on me, whether they appreciate that or not. Like that's, they'll, they'll come to terms with that at some point, just like I have with my childhood, right? Certain things mm-hmm. I really appreciate other things I want to lean away from, you know, whatever that may be. Um, but I, I truly believe now that they're a little bit older at nine, seven and four that, you know, they do appreciate and see like, oh, you know, like this is, this is, this is different, but daddy's always home and daddy has a business. So it's like, they, it's hard for, it's hard, at least my middle one, my, my son gets it at nine. Uh, my middle one, the little one, they don't really get it as much, but people are like, what are your, what does your dad do? And they're like, dad does high speed daddy. And people are like, what's that? And they're like, <laughs> you know, like diaper bags and stuff. And people are like, what, what, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, they, they don't get it. Uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting to hear them kind of like talk about it and whatnot, but it's fun when I'm like, you know, it was only like this year that I started doing some fulfillment in certain things um, out of the house. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be, you know, I always utilized Amazon for our fulfillment until we grew uh, to a certain size where I had a third party logistics warehouse helping out, filling and things like that. And now I brought stuff back um, into the house a little bit, you know, with a, with a separate shop and whatnot. And that's fun. I'm having a real good time with that because I, I get to, I get to, you know, do flash sales and this and that, and, you know, get to touch products and, you know, I get to write thank you notes and, and all that fun stuff and have the kids help me with those. And then it's the training aspect and it's, they're a little young for some things, mm-hmm. but what I have been able to do is bring my 16 year old nephew into the picture and like helping Very me inspect, cool. you know, products uh, and returns and then help me with thank you notes. And then like when he helps on certain weekends, it's like, I can train him on things. You know, so it's like passing some stuff on to him that he wouldn't be able to experience through my my brother's household, which is fine. You know, my brother loves it too. And he's, you know, he's getting this exposure and I get to like teach him little lessons. And then for me, it's almost like a trial and error because I like get to like see what resonates and doesn't. And then I, I know like in a couple of years, I can like <laughs> take the good and not the bad. And like, how am I being, you know, a, a, a fatherly figure or, or unclely figure, you know, to to them, you know, and, and doing that. And that's, that's a lot of fun, but you know, they you know, they get to use our gear, you know, we have kids lunch bags that we, that we sell and, you know, they get to use that and bring to school. And then, you know, like the, the teachers will start to associate or may not know the whole process, you know, or what, what's going on. They're like, we always see you have a, you know, a hat or a shirt or this, and the kids have their lunch bags. And I'm like, what, what's, what's this brand? I'm like, well, it's my brand. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, you can you check it out on Amazon on our website and this, and they go to Amazon they see our lunch bags have 20,000 reviews. And, you know, and it's like, there's a little bit of boast in there. There's a little bit, but you know, (laughs) things like that. And they're like, Oh, and before you know it, like, you know, the, the, the teacher's like, do you think we can order one directly from you? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I know a guy that can hook you up, you know, (laughs) you know, things like that. So that, that stuff's fun. And the kids get to see that. And then they get to see daddy's product on the teacher's desk. Right. Yeah. You know, like something that dad designed and or someone on team or, and whatnot. So they get a cool experience out of that aspect. And I, I really get a lot out of, out of that as well. You know, yeah. kind of like, because I know they're proud of me at, at that point. They don't have to say it. 
but I know that they are, you know, and that's yeah, really- I think that illustration of them being able to like see you use your imagination, then be a part of that, like have the ideas, you know, here you have those conversations. And then to your point, that moment of seeing the bag sitting on the desk, like this was an idea in my head. We went mm-hmm. through all the steps, all the hard work. We laid it out. We did it. We did the work. And now the product is right here. And now other people love it. Like that lesson for kids, for me following, for anybody else, for your nephew. Um, and it's just, it's it's so strong. Um, I'm really enjoying this conversation on this topic. So I'm going to I'm going to take it from another angle too. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. How did you approach the conversation with your wife when you mm-hmm. decided to say, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'm going to leave the corporate job. There's a there's an inherent security in that, right? With, you know, salary benefits, oh, yeah. Yeah. the whole thing. And especially when you have young kids too, like as we, as we all know, probably everyone listening, the responsibility bar goes a little bit higher. Um kiddo by kiddo. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about I'm just I'm just imagining the that moment you go in to have that conversation with your wife, I'm going to cut this off and I'm going to go do something that's really all risk, all reward. Um, mm-hmm. How do you, how do you navigate that? So the way I did it um, was becoming extremely vulnerable with my wife, which up until that point, I probably never have. Um, you know, I was not, I was not involved with the emotional men's space that mm-hmm. a lot of us are involved with now and that's open and okay to talk about even six years ago that was stuff not a lot was around yeah you know you, you've had you know certain people on on your podcast that have these men's groups that kind of started around the same time that i did yeah. you know i leaned more into the product they leaned more into you know the the vulnerability and and the aspects of you know uh menhood and masterminds and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and we've all collaborated together which is awesome you yeah. know uh but at that time, you know, I I didn't have that maturity, I guess, to to open up in certain ways or prior to that the moments. But I got extremely vulnerable in the aspect that, like, not on purpose or anything. Like, I broke down in front of my wife, and I was like, "I'm just freaking miserable. What I'm doing? Like, she's a teacher. She knew her purpose and calling. I thought I did, you know, as as an engineer, but I felt locked in. Like, I was in the rat race, mm-hmm. and I was like, this this sucks." Um, I'm miserable. I'm not the father and husband that I want to be right now because of what I, whether I was blaming the, what I was doing in corporate or, or other underlying stuff, whatever it was, I wasn't happy. Right. And I was like, I need to figure out how to get to happy to show up the best that I can for my family and kids, uh, my wife and kids. So, you know, I, I told her, I was like, you know, she knew things weren't great. You know what I was doing. I was, you know, how's your day? And I, you know, talk a little bit and kind of deflect and this and that. And then after a period of time, you know, and she knew I was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this business and this and that, you know, but it, it came down to like me sitting her down. I was like, you know what you want to do with your life and you're happy with what you're doing. Um, I'm not, and I'd rather go pump gas than what I'm doing right now. And I'm not talking down on people that work at gas stations. It's just that honestly, it's an entry level job and a stepping stone to other things. And I was willing to start at ground zero again. Let's say that. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's where I was. And I told her, I was like, listen, we have a little bit of money put away. Um, I can, I have a plan on what I want to do and I'm going to work my ass off with everything else that I can find in the meantime, while I'm doing this and I get to be a stay at home dad and we get to save on childcare a little bit. 
And, you know, this will work because that's the age our kids are right now at three and one, mm-hmm. you know, and we need someone to run around. And, you know, I, my mother-in-law helped out some during that time as well. And God bless my mother-in-law for, for doing that. That was a big saver. She was able to like, she's like, I know you're building a business. I'll take the kids for a couple hours. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I can go to bed at 1am and not 3am, you yeah. know, things like that. Um, yeah. So you know, it, it was, it was that type of talk that I had with her and I reassured her that mortgage will be paid, you know, and you know, like food will be on the table and we're not going to change, you know, our, our way of life drastically. Like we're, we don't have to sell all the cars. We don't have to, you know, get rid of cable, you know, completely. Like maybe we get rid of HBO, but you know, like, yeah, I'm not going to have time to watch TV anyway, you know, like things like that. Um, you know, I reassured her, uh, and made that promise to her that those things will, all the basics would be covered. And if things didn't work out for some reason, I had a degree, I had a built resume and I could always just go get another job. Yeah. That was my backup plan, honestly. Yeah. Like, and I, I never wanted, and I never really did think about that much. Um, but that was, that was the ultimate backup plan. Like I can go back and get another job. It might take a little time and this and that, and may not pay as well. And I probably won't be happy again, but at least like money will still come in at that time. But that was my situation. Right. And, yeah. and how, you know, I was viewing it at that time, but the vulnerability and like, that was probably one of the few times that I ever like got choked up to talk to my wife about something. Yeah. You know, did any part of you feel guilty saying like, Income benefits. This is like what we were saying before. It's just, it's inherently stable to say, like, did you wrestle with that like guilt of I'm going to lay it on the line to go do something different and it could have a negative impact on the family? Like, did you wrestle with that at all? Or were you just guns blazing, ready to roll? Like, no doubt you were going to make it work at that point. It was, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was more of the guns blazing, excited and like anxious to like get going more into it and what I wanted to do. Um, There was a, I mean, it was definitely a bit of selfishness that was built into it. But again, if I'm miserable all the time and like it's, I don't want to predict or, or say like, you know, if I didn't do that, I, I would have continued being miserable and we probably would have got divorced and we'd be a split family. You know, like, I don't want to say that, but it could have happened. Right. Yeah. You know, in the way it was going, you know, I, I, I could have really blew up at work. You know, I, I could have, mm-hmm. you know, things along those lines and, you know, who, who knows, you know, I could have dropped it all and joined the military full time. And, and then, you know, would have been, we could have moved the family to some other parts of the world and this and that. And like, it all kind of happens for a reason and depending on higher powers that you believe in. And I know you're a man of faith, mm-hmm. you know? So like, I, I, I feel like, you know, you're directed at certain times in certain ways when you need to be. Yeah. And that was one of them that was like, you, you can do this and don't get me wrong, man. It was interesting. The comments and the faces and the looks <laughs> I got at that time from everyone. Um, but I didn't keep it hush. I told everyone about it. I, yeah. I mean, I like, that was one thing. A lot of people do this because they're a little bit ashamed, like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do this and it's a complete risk and blah, blah. I'm not going to tell anyone because then it's a prideful thing. If it doesn't go right, then I don't have to show face as much, you know, like mm-hmm. now, like I told everyone, I told yeah. old bosses and what I was doing and they're like, you're, you're leaving now to start a diaper bag company. You burn the boats. Hell yeah, man. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, let, let's see the product. Well, here's a prototype. I'm still working on blah, blah. Well, that's good. And you know, this and that, and you know, other people. And, and you know what? I think the biggest thing was 
I had a lot of support. A lot of people were like, good luck, you know? Um, but I, I did have a lot of support. And once I got prototypes and people started seeing things and I started passing around to get kind of a little market research and they're like, you, you might be onto something here. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I think I am, you know? And if I can build it accordingly, it, it, it'll be good. And then once it got like traction and then it started taking off and then it was like, you know, how's business doing? I'm good. I'm out of stock on stuff right now. I'm waiting for this. I'm doing this, 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 and this. And oh, by the way, like I get to hang out with the kids all the time, yeah. you know? So it's like, all that stuff. And it's a lot of hustling and it was a lot of grind, a lot of just like super late nights and, you know, early mornings and whatnot. Um, but I think it was probably like three years, maybe, maybe four years into the business. And we were doing very well, uh, at that time. And we've, we've, we have come down a little bit, um, you know, but at that time we were doing very well. And my father like pulled me aside one time. He's like, you know, and, and he was super supportive the entire time. I even had him like writing blog posts for me as a grandfather's point of view on stuff. It was like real cool. Um, and, and a quick tangent on that, like I sold something for my father early on during that time, you know, and he was like, go ahead and keep that and put it into the business. I know like, you know, the business needs like, inf you know, in, uh, influx of money for like inventory and this and that. And I'm like, dad, I can't do this. He's like, do it anyway. I was like, okay, dad. Um, Years later, I, I gave him a distribution and made him a, a part owner in the business with that investment, you know, compared to what I put in and stuff like that. And he had yeah. no idea. And it was a Christmas gift. And I I had the money and I gave it back to him with interest on it. And he's like, what's this? I'm like, well, it's your distribution for this year in the business, or it could just be your money back with, with interest. And like, first time I saw him kind of well up a yeah. little bit, you know, and you know, it was like a year or two later with a very similar, like end of the year, like here's your distribution for the year that you weren't expecting, but I, I have you as a silent partner in the business. And it was one of those moments where he just went like, we were going to make this, you were, you were going to make this work no matter what, like whether you knew it or not. And I think what he was meaning, like I was going to step in if you needed to, you mm -hmm. know, not that he has like, it was a business experience, but I'm just saying like, it's some, he was going to help out in some way or another. Uh, he goes, but you didn't need it. And I was scared in the decision that you made at that time with the family and whatnot. And I'm no longer scared. You know, it was like, it was like validation type thing yeah. from your father, which is, I think some of the most important validation that you can give or get is from your father as, as yeah. a male, right. As a, 100%. as a, you know, so like that was, that was probably some of the biggest validation that, I've had it in the business. How, you know, how light did you feel after that conversation? Oh, it was, it was interesting, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a moment. <laughs> I'd have to imagine that's yeah. like, that's like an unlock into some more like psychology. So yeah. I, I could see that being a rabbit trail down in your own mind. Yeah, for it, was, sure. it was, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was, it was a good time. It was, it was a good time, you know, but it like it, it's been, it's been a ride. I think the biggest thing that I get out of this and I know I'm just kind of bouncing around a little no, bit. This is great. Um, and as a business owner, like everyone, you say like everyone wants to kind of do the do the same thing. It's it's a lot, man. It's a lot when you've got the young family and like my wife is out the door as the kids are waking up. I get them ready and lunch is made and breakfast and dressed and stuff like that. And then I drive them to school. You know, and then I have this work block right now that we're talking and stuff to, to get things mm -hmm. done. And then, you know, I pick them up from school and I'm with them and, you know, ki kids can push your buttons, you know, but it's, it's the work you do 
outside of all that, you know, like I mm-hmm. exercise, you know, five days a week and I journal and there's a lot of stuff out there that I swear everyone knows to do. They just don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, journaling, meditation, breath work, exercise and eating healthy. Like those five things right there, you do that. You're fine. Like yep. you're going to stay in a good space. Your bucket will be relatively full. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and there's people that charge a lot of money out there to teach other people how to do those things. You want to go chase them? That's fine. You know, but everyone knows what to do in some way. It's just the accountability aspect. We can get into that too. But, you know, it, as long as my bucket's full, like I can deal with all those things and don't get me wrong. And it, it's weird to say this a little bit, but I, I like, I started talking with other dads or something like that in similar situations that have businesses, but kind of stay home a lot with the kids. And we, we have kind of this consensus that I don't know if men like this isn't natural. This isn't natural through DNA caveman days. Like men are not supposed to stay home with the kids. Mm-hmm. Men are supposed to be out there protecting, providing, you know, things yep. along those lines, hunters and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, defending everything. And the fact that we're in with the kids, like it can get really stressful because I think there's something underlying that's not natural about it. Mm-hmm. And you have to be a certain person to know how to deal with everything accordingly. Any any guy can do it. It's how good are they going to do it? How good are they going to influence their kids? Are they going to snap easily? Are they going to be very tempered? Are they going to yell all the time? You know, like, and don't get me wrong. I've, I've ridden the wave of all this as well. You know, mm-hmm. certain times and aspects or, you know, things going on and, you know, boiling over and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's it can it can be a lot to take on. So those are things that you have to look out for and be careful and know how you're triggered and and whatnot and do the necessary work to try to prevent those things or or have certain containers in place on how to deal with them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of advice for for those guys that are like, I envy Craig and everything he does. I'm like, mm, it's it's a lot, <laughs> especially on the business side too. Like like you said, risk and reward. You know, there's a lot of risk that goes along with things and. Uh, you know, there's, you ride the highest of highs and lowest of lows doing this. And I think the one cool thing about entrepreneurship that you get that a lot of other people don't is flexibility. I still have to do my work. I -hmm. still have to get my hours in, but for the most part, I can choose when I'm working those hours. Like I said, if it's 4am to 6am before everyone wakes up, if it's 9pm to 1am, Gary Vaynerchuk's and a lot of influencers talk about these and Ed Milet's of like, I work two to three days in a day. What does that mean? Well, like you work those certain hours, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the normal hours sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, that the flexibility aspect is convenient, yeah. you know, but it still has to like, you still have to get your work done. Yeah. That's it's earned. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, man, that is, there's so much goodness in there. Uh, I can't, I can't help but go back to the moment of you being able to give your dad that distribution. Dude, that was Dude, a lot. That, that's like, and that's there, awesome. That wasn't like a premeditated thing either. That was like, I think I'm going to do this. You know, like I, we always get together at Christmas Eve, you know, and it was like maybe like a day or two before or something like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. I mean, it's yeah. like, we literally like, I couldn't have set it up better, like sitting on the front steps type thing, pulled out, you know, so, some money out of my pocket. And I was like, this is yours. What's this, you know? So that's nuts. Um, gosh, I, I, I can't wait to, to listen back on this. Cause there's so much just 
pure gold and motivation and uh i think i think some forewarnings too just things to look out yeah. for yes um if if you could boil it down you know maybe you're talking to me maybe you're talking to anybody else listening and they're saying okay i'm in this position i want to start a business i am a, a leader of my family like if someone comes to you and says what advice like would you give me like what's the if you could boil it down what's the one piece of advice you you'd leave that person with don't be impulsive with it. Um, have a plan, right? Uh, yeah. Try to set some things up for success and like a little, you know, uh, something to fall back on. Uh, you know, like I said, I had a, I had a, um, I had a degree in a built resume, and I knew I could get another job. That was the worst, worst case. But I never really thought about that because I didn't want to use it as a crutch. Yeah, you know. But I mm -hmm. always knew, and that's something that I talked to my wife about. Like, that was yeah. one thing. Uh, openness, vulg, you know, being, being. Um, you know, vulnerable, uh, you know, in the communication and stuff like that, but having a plan, putting some money, uh, away for a rainy day, because most of the things you're going to start is going to take some initial investment. And unless you have like investors waiting to go and a solid business plan, uh, you were worlds ahead of where I was, you know, <laughs> like, no, you know, I, I was like, I'm going to take X amount that I decided with my wife, you know, it's going to cost X amount, you know, to do this initial run. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that and end up costing like 1.5 X of that initial run, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, to make that happen. Um, but it, you know, and then, like I said, like, oh, if I was doing one of those things, oh, if I could sell, you know, $50,000 in product and I was so naive that I didn't include like figure out the margins on that and what, you know, it would take to like restock inventory. It's not like I just flipped, you know, flipped, uh, an order once you know, yeah. of stuff. It was like, no, I, I have to keep this going now. This is a snowball effect. Like, yeah, I had no idea on that things. So, yeah. and, and make sure you're, you're filling your brain bank. You know, that's what I say. And then, you know, keep, keep making your deposits on that. And someday you'll be able to make withdrawals, you know, when you need to. And it's, you know, certain times it was, oh, I remember reading this stuff. Okay. I can pick that book back up again, scroll through. Okay. That's right. Do something like this. So I think that helped out a lot as well. Awesome. Um, well, I want to be respectful of your time, but I do have two last questions I want to run by mm -hmm. before I kick you out of here. So I asked just about everybody that comes on the show. Question number one, um, the only caveat to this question is the answer cannot be your family because uh, it's it's just too easy if, that, if that's an option. So mm -hmm. besides your family, what are you the most proud of in your life so far? My perseverance, I'd say. You know, there's, there's been, uh, and I've never said that before, but like, you know, we talked about grit a little bit before, mm -hmm. um, you got to have that with, with what you're doing with anything in life. I think, you know, um, you got to have that grit and perseverance to push through all the negative times and, you know, you, it'll make sure that you're not going to give up, you know, know your why type mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. You know, yes, my why is my family, but my why is also just continuing on, you know, for, for all the other, I mean, for at least high speed daddy, like all the other men that I want to help out there so that, you know, if they're running into a bad day, you know, for whatever they're doing, they're coming home from work and they see a high speed daddy diaper bag on a floor. As soon as they walk in, they know that they need to be a good dad right now. You know, they need to change their, their mindset and whatnot, almost like a, almost like an, you know, NLP anchor. Um, you know, something along those lines, they look over and like, oh, I need to be one of the best dads I can be right now. Yeah. Things along those lines. So I pushing, pushing through and the perseverance and grit, I, yeah. I'm 
impressed with myself. It's got me through a lot of hard times where other people probably would have just gave up. Yeah, that's certainly something to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, last question has to do with the word legacy. A lot of different connotations to this word, different attachments to it. Um, money and you know generational wealth, things that we often hear associated with it. When I think about legacy, I think about, um, I guess, two groups of people, the people that I love the most in my life and the people that, God willing, I will be leaving behind at some point, God willing. But then those two buckets, that's my kids kind of hit that overlap. And when I think about legacy, I think about the moments, the memories, the lessons, the little experiences that we'll have together, the things that, you know, if I'm able to leave them behind, the things they would remember about me that could kind of calibrate them and they could carry with them the rest of their lives and then pass on to their kids. So, you know, through that lens, if I said, hey, what do you want your legacy to be with your three kiddos? How would you answer that question? Uh, The initial reaction is fun, dad. Um, Not always fun, dad, right? It happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's the initial thing. Um, you know, I, I might take this from a little different point of view and I might, I might take it from like my grandkids point of view. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I shared this little, little bit on Larry Hagner's podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the dad itch. Oh yeah. Um, and I know, you know, you know, I know, you know, Larry and he's been on, Oh yeah, um, he's a stud. so I have this thing in my head, uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to coin it, but I don't, I don't remember where I picked it up, but there's always this thing I come back to called the rocking chair test. So I'm on my front stoop in a rocking chair and I'm like 80 years old and I've got a grandkid on a lap and the kid looks at me and he goes, grandpa, tell me something fun you did in life or a difference that you made. I want to have a story, right? So a lot of things that I make for like decision-making process, a lot of things I do, I kind of come back to that and go like, is this going to be able to be a good story to tell my grandkids someday? Or, or not. And I think that kind of plays into legacy a little bit. Like the things that I'm doing will have a, a great story that I can share with my kids or grandkids, you know, that they can then pass on to someone someday. Like my grandfather did this. And I think going back to kind of the beginning of our, our talk here and me talking about my grandfather being a World War II POW and the stories that I heard from him early on helped shape me a little bit. And I think I can have some stories to pass on to those kids that they can then pass on. And yeah, you can go to money, you can go to, you know, wealth sometimes, or you can go to this or that or an heirloom, but I think the stories are where it's at. That's, inc- that, that's incredible. I love that. I'm, I'm going to be using that. Um, <laughs> that's for, that's like a North star. Um, uh, I think anybody can use to, to anchor their, the decisions that they're, that they're making now, Craig, thank you so, so much for making time for us today. Man, this is like a personal masterclass for me. But I know that this idea, all the things that we talked through today is going to resonate with a lot of guys and really help people. So thank you so much for making the time. Like as we've talked through this today, I'm almost feeling guilty that we took a little over an hour of your time because you've obviously got a lot going on. Pumped to have had you on. I definitely want to get you back on at some point. Um, I'd love to make you a recurring guest at some point. Um, Where's the best place to find you, follow you, learn more about High Speed Daddy? So we're, we're on all, all the major platforms, you know, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. I answer all DMS on Instagram. It's just at high speed daddy. Uh, everything that comes in through there, I'm on there. Uh, I have no problem giving my email out Craig at highspeeddaddy.com If you feel like emailing, um, highspeeddaddy.com website, you know, Facebook, high speed daddy. There you go. So. Yep. Very easy to find. I'll give, I'll give you that for sure. Yes. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll link it all up in the show notes. We'll make it especially easy for everybody to find you, follow you. Uh, man, thank you so much. Let's uh, let's stay in touch. Sounds great. Thank you for having me on. Hey, 
Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the show. And thank you for sticking around till the very end. If you enjoyed what you heard today, then do me a favor, subscribe to the show. I don't want you to miss some of the unbelievable guests that we have rolling out here on the show over the next couple of weeks. So hit that subscribe button. And last but not least, I want to give a quick shout out to our show sponsor, Fuller. Now, if you are like me and you are a busy dad and your mornings are just crazy trying to get everybody dressed and ready and out the door and ready for school, then I think this is going to help you a ton. We often don't have time in those mornings to make ourselves the most important meal of the day, which is a high quality, high protein breakfast. So this is where Fuller comes into play for me in my life. It is high protein, high quality overnight oats. So what you do is you take the packet, you pour it in a bottle of water or milk and you shake it up you stick it in the refrigerator and in the morning all you have to do to make sure that you are fueled for the day is to open the door to your refrigerator pick up the bottle shake it up and i drink mine on the way to work i love this product i love the brand itself my buddy dane fuller has done an amazing job put pulling it all together we've got a link in the show notes so that you can check it out i cannot wait to hear what you guys think about it so That's all I got for you. But until next time, remember to love and lead from the front. See ya.